Hey there, future fans. This is the week of September 21st, 2018, and I have to win a bet. Welcome to the show, everyone. As you may hear, I am still a little sick, but I'm a lot better than I was last week. But Billiam, you may be asking yourself, but Billiam, what was it you said about a bet? My wife and I had an agreement. We have just watched a documentary that I talked about a few weeks back called Neat, which is a documentary about bourbon. And doing so, why thank you, sweetheart, you just brought me a drink. While doing so... We drank a lot of bourbon, like the most, the, the the majority of a bottle of all, it's all gone. Good God. The entire bottle of Knob Creek, um, small batch Kentucky bourbon. Anyway, yes, we watched this documentary and it was really good. I'm, I'm thinking about doing a write up for somewhat nerdy, but it, it just feels a little weird, you know, doing a review of a documentary, but I no. <sighs> Yeah, here. Anyway, I am very toasty. Like, I am three sheets of the wind. I am almost gone. So we'll see how much I can record tonight. Yes, love. Thank you. We'll see how much I can record tonight. And we'll do the rest another night if I cannot finish it. But we'll see what we can do. Before we get started, I have to make an amendment to something I said last week. So last week I was making fun of Amanda Stenberg's name and I want to let you all know that I did some Google foo. I did and I learned what it means. It isn't some stupid name that some modern parent did to make their kids sound interesting. No, no, it is an actual name. Not some hippie parent's pathetic attempt at making their kid unique. Not at all. Amandla, A-M-A-N-D-L-A, comes from the Nguni, N-G-U-N-I, language, and it means power. So there you go. So Amandla Stenbergs, if you if you listen to this, which you don't because you're a celebrity, and but uh, if you do listen to this, I am sorry. And please let me interview you. Hell, anyone famous, if anyone even remotely famous listens to the show, let me interview you. I've been trying to, uh, okay, I say trying, but that's a lie. Just trying to get my friend Dan on here, who used to be a movie critic. And even though it, historically I don't like critics, I like this guy because he is hilarious and we 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 kind of see eye to eye on things so i've been trying to get him on the show but you know it's difficult we live in different cities he doesn't have a car and um i just haven't put enough effort into it to be honest anyway let us get into the intro the same one we do every week or you know a facsimile there of this is future flicks with billiam Thus, you can make the assumption, you can guess, you can use your Sherlock Holmes skills to tell you that I am Billiam. And this is my show, Future Flicks. On this show, we do quite a few things. We always start off with a little intro, which you've already heard. We then go into the news, which now has its own intro music. Tell me what you think. Yeah, thank you, sweetheart. If any of you really hate it, j- just tell me, please. Because I'll tell you what. I hear from two of my fans, Brian Q, Frat Matt, um, and I'm very thankful. I am very thankful that I hear from them. But if anyone else ever replied, it would really stand out. So if you hated the music, you go, hey, stop that shit. I'll go, okay, random fan, I'll do that for you. Background noise has been provided by one Rebecca and Roberts cast. Thank you. She is here, despite what she just said. She's right here. I've been still trying to make her my co-host. You know what? Starf Chris brought that up one time going, hey, why doesn't Anne talk? She she does stuff. And I, I took that idea to her and I got a resounding no. So this is going to be a one man show. You know, it'd still be a one man show, even if she said yes, because it'd be one man, one woman. But that is semantics. Anyway, this is Future Flicks with Billiam. And on this show, 
like I said, we start off with an intro, we go into the news, we then go into the trailer trove, and both in the news and the trailer trove, we go over any new news and trailers that I have noticed. So as always, if you know of a news or a, a piece of news or some trailers that I didn't mention, yes, sweetheart, tut. So if you notice any news or trailers I have not mentioned, please let me know. I will mention it in the next episode. After the trailer trove, we go into the movies. We have two segments for the movies. We have the limited releases, which are movies that are getting, guess what? Limited releases. That's movies that are getting limited releases and also don't look interesting enough to talk about on the main show. The next segment is the wide releases and interesting indies. Which is exactly what it sounds like. Don't you love that? So after that segment, we have the question of the week, which always wraps up the show. And then I send you along your way to listen to the other great podcasts in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And my friends too, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. So let me tell you how you can find me. I'm right here in the city of Watsonville, California. Come find me. No, please don't. That would be creepy. Um, Text me first. You don't have my number, but, you know, message me somewhere. Go, hey, I'm in the area. I want to hang out. But in all seriousness, you can find this show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app. You can get in contact with me in a number of ways. You can hit me up on the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is SomewhatNerdy.com. You can hit me up on SoundCloud, on Facebook, via the somewhat nerdy website or the somewhat nerdy Facebook page that is you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at billiam s w n and you know what you can also leave a comment on iTunes you can rate the podcast and I would love five stars please all of the stars possible and you can leave a comment tell me what I'm doing right and tell me what you think I need to improve on well ladies and gentlemen that is it for the intro. Oh, actually, let me tell you what the other shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network are. I didn't tell you that. There is the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. That is a fantastic, fantastic bi-weekly nerdy podcast, which goes over a range of topics. And if you have a passion about it, they have probably talked about it or they will talk about it. And you want if you want them to talk about something specific... You don't message them. They'll probably do it. They're a group of fantastic people. Anyway, let's step into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. You know what? We need to talk about Henry Cavill as Superman. Reports have been saying that he's out, and the Hollywood Reporter has broke the story. The truth isn't that easy, though. No, it isn't. According to CNET, Warner Brothers had issued a statement saying that, quote, no decisions have been made about the future of the Superman movies, end quote. Also, Cavill's manager told fans to, quote, be peaceful. The cape is still in his closet, end quote. So basically, there's been a whole lot of news based on nothing. This whole scare about Cavill as Superman came up because DC has been talking about doing a Supergirl movie and moving into that direction. If they did a Supergirl movie, then it might be a different person playing Hen uh, Henry Cavill playing Superman. Because if they did an origin story, it might take place on Krypton, which would mean it would be a younger or a baby Kal-El. Who knows? Either way, it's all speculation for now. Cavill has been a really good Superman, and most of the hate against DC really is towards their storytelling and not at all for the acting. Let's move on with the news. According to Digital Spy, Bryce Dallas Howard spoke with the Digital Spy. She talked about the third film. She said, quote, in terms of the third movie, the goal overall is to bring the entire saga together. As if there was any other idea for the third movie, I don't know. Maybe do entire something entirely different. She said all this in an interview with Cinema Blend. Howard is hoping that her character Claire will get a makeover to fit the change she went through between the first and second Jurassic World movie. She's hoping for an undercut, but isn't holding her breath. In early drafts of the first script, Claire was supposed to be one of the main bad guys, but in the final draft, and what we have now, is her as one of the lead protagonists. Jurassic World 3 doesn't have a release date yet, and we won't know what the release date is for at least three more years. 
Variety had an article about a film I never knew was coming out. Apparently, it's already been complete and the film is at festivals as we speak. This is a movie called A Million Little Pieces and it's based off a book by James Fry. The book is of the same name. If this sounds familiar, it's because back in 2003, it was an Oprah Book Club pick and then the book came under fire for making up two scenes out of the book. He had invented a fight that never happened and then changed how someone killed themselves. It was big back then but in today's world where we get more than two lies a day from our politicians it's a little it's a little more forgivable so the movie is on its way with no set release date yet so if you uh, if you live in an area with film festivals keep your eye open for this if you don't remember this book is based off a memoir of a 23 year old hardcore addict who is sent to rehab as his final chance and about the people he meets once there and his journey to sobriety it stars aaron taylor johnson charlie hunnam juliette lewis billy bob thornton giovanni rabisi and odessa young in other news, Dwayne Johnson has posted a first picture from the Fast and Furious spinoff Hobbs and Shaw. No real news about this yet. All we know thus far is as far as Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, Idris Elba, and Vanessa Kirby. It's directed by David Litch, who did Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, and helped with John Wick. This has an August 2nd, 2019 release date. If you remember the woman who played Blink in X-Men Days of Future Past, her name is Bing Bing Fan, and she's missing. BBC News reports that she had been ranked last in a Chinese report judging A-list celebrities on how, quote, socially responsible they are. She had reportedly been using yin-yang contracts, which is a practice that shows an, an actor's pay lower than it really is to help them dodge taxes. The only word on where she could be comes from the state-run Chinese publication called Securities Daily in an article that said she has been placed under control and would accept legal decisions. So more on that if and when we hear about it. And ladies and gentlemen, have you ever watched a Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon original movie and wished you could see it on a huge, huge movie screen? Well, for those of you who said yes, you could be in luck as IMAX is in talks with key streaming services to show their movies in IMAX theaters. Their support comes from Slash Film. Are you confused about how your movie pass works? If you still have one, that is. I'm hanging on. I really am. I'm giving it one more month before I cancel. And I finally figured that bullshit out. So they said there would be no more restrictions on blockbuster movies. And that's only semi-true. So here's what's up. Those assholes have a rotating schedule for what movies movie pass will work with. If you go to their website, you can find the full schedule, but every day is different. So if you want to see a certain movie, you should check their schedule and plan around it. And finally in the news, do you buy a lot of movies on iTunes for some strange reason? If you do, you may have noticed that some of your movies are missing. Last week, Apple users have learned that some of their movies or some of the movies they have purchased were no longer available in the iTunes store and also weren't available in their libraries either. So people who have purchased movies couldn't get them. If you're one of those people, maybe stop buying digital-only movies, you savage. But if you are one of those said Apple fanboys or fangirls, then there may be hope. If you have a computer that you sync your iPhone, iPad, or iPod up to, then your movie may be in your computer physically. If you don't sync with a the computer, then you're screwed until Apple comes up with an answer. And that is it for the news this week. Let us step into everyone's favorite, favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we have a short trailer trove. That is right. Only two movies I noticed. Scratch that three trailers. So let's start with the first trailer, which is for Captive States. 
This is a dystopian sci-fi thriller starring Vera Farminga, John Goodman, Alan Ruck, and of all people, Machine Gun Kelly. This is set in a Chicago neighborhood a decade after aliens occupy Earth. The movie shows both sides, those who work with the aliens and those who fight against them. A lot of you guys know how I feel about more about sci-fi movies, and it's the same way Roz feels about horror. More is better. Even if it's a bad movie, let's just forward this genre, and that's how I feel about sci-fi. This movie does look really good. I think it is going to be a fantastic film, and if not fantastic, at the very least, passable and enjoyable which is what we need we need more sci-fi out there next up this week we have a trailer for the ballad of buster scruggs have you seen this trailer yet well you should because it looks great this is the next coen brothers film and it's going to it's going straight to netflix and a few select theaters on november 16th this stars tim blake nelson who played delmar in the movie oh brother where art thou and played Kimmy's stepfather in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. This is a Western that tells six different stories that all focus on a man named Buster Scruggs, played by Tim Blake Nelson. It also stars James Franco, Liam Neeson, David Krumholtz, Clancy Brown, Brendan Gleeson, Zoe Kazan, Stephen Root, Harry Melling, Tom Waits, Tyne Daly, Tyne Daly, I didn't even know she was still around, and Sal Rubinick. So like I said, this has a November 16th, 2018 release date. And finally in the trope, the last movie to catch my eye is one that Anne actually pointed out to me. I almost missed it this week. Is that Glass has a new trailer and I can't wait. Because you know what? Even M. Night Shyamalan's worst movie is entertaining. And this just combines the world of Unbreakable, which is one of my favorite movies ever, and Split, and we have fa a fantastic idea. So this trailer just shows us more. We know that the Beast gets David Dunn, which is played by Bruce Willis's character. We know the Beast gets David Dunn in water. Of course, you know, water is David Dunn's weakness. We see a scene where David Dunn gets pulled from the water by Sarah Paulson's character. But the question is, is that scene and the scene where David Dunn is fighting the beast, is that the same? Because what we know so far is that this is starting with, I'm, I'm guessing starting with David Dunn, the beast and glass in a psychiatric hospital. Somehow they all get out, maybe because the beast and David Dunn are super super powered they break out the beast takes glass with him but this becomes a battle between the beast and david dunn with glass being the one to pull the strings behind the beast and i can't wait unbreakable was a fantastic idea and it helps cement m night Shyamalan as a great writer and filmmaker in my in my opinion as we have learned he is not infallible he is not we have seen the Last Airbender, we have seen that movie and seen what a terrible travesty that absolute sh movie was. The only good thing, okay, two good things about that movie, two good things. The first was the introduction of all the different benders in the beginning. And the second was at the end when he, when Aang summons that wall of water. That was really it. But we're kind of forgiving when it comes to movies, aren't we? Because Peter Jackson did a sh job with the hobbit and you know what okay the the actual blame could have been placed with the studio we don't know where the blame actually lies but even though the hobbit the hobbit movies were sh when peter jackson announces a new project people eat it up and that's because we like to believe that he's still the lord of the rings peter jackson and not the hobbit peter jackson either way i cannot wait for glass it looks fantastic if you if you have not watched unbreakable do so if you don't have watched split do so get ready for this movie it will be great it's coming out in january of 2019 hey there future fans this is something i am recording on the 19th the day i post the episode uh this episode is going to be a little late because there was some new trailers that hit that i just had to talk about normally i wait but there was one really big one, when one semi-big one, and uh, one that I just really want to talk about. So let's get into these trailers. First, obviously, 
the Captain Marvel trailer, and it looks fantastic. We now know some things. Brie Larson, of course, Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel. We already knew that. And what else do we know? Well, we know that Nick Fury's in it. We know that Nick Fury looks younger. Hopefully, it will be a better job than like Tron did. Because, okay, let's. Tron Legacy didn't do a bad job. It just looked really weird when they, when they made Jeff Bridges look a lot younger. Uh, it looked weird, but it, it could have been a lot worse. So, hopefully. From the look at the trailer, it doesn't look that bad. It looks a little obvious that work has been done. And hopefully it's a mix of makeup and CG. But even if it's mainly CG, we do know that it's Industrial Light and Magic behind it. Or, I don't know, do they do uh, facial CG too? Whatever. We know it's Disney. And Disney has the monopoly on great CG. We know that Lee Pace is going to be in it, along with Jimin Honsu, who will be reprising their roles from the first Guardians of the Galaxy. But how did they survive? Well, this, of course, takes place in the 80s. So we'll see a younger Ronin. We'll see a younger Korath. And we will also see, we'll also see Clark Gregg in it. Here's the interesting thing. So we all know that it was Joss Whedon that made the Avengers such a big deal. It was Joss Whedon's it, it was Joss Whedon's idea to kill Coulson, but then the TV show Agents of Shield brought him back. That is not part of Joss Whedon's plan. In his mind, Coulson's still dead. Well, now we get to see him again. Of course, this is pre-death, so it, it's weird that the MCU is both movies and TV. So officially in the MCU, Coulson is alive, but in the movies, we haven't seen him yet. I don't even know if the Avengers know he's alive, which is weird because Sif knows he's alive. Sif knows Thor, obviously. Did Sif tell Thor? Did Sif know any of that? So there are all these questions just around Coulson. But of course, this movie is focusing on Captain Marvel, who looks badass. There are some assumptions we can make. We can make the assumption that Jude Law is Marvel, is the original Captain Marvel. And we can also make the assumption that this is going to be a really good movie. If there's going to be, okay, there, there's going to be stingers. But the question is, will there be a mid credit scene and a stinger for this movie? And if so, will any of them hint at where she was during Infinity War? Or will it all lead up to the next Captain Marvel? Because usually the stingers kind of, if there's two of them, one of them will hint at something that happened in the film. Another will hint at what's coming. So maybe it will jump forward in time a bit and then we'll learn where Captain Marvel was. Maybe we'll see her receive the message from Nick Fury before, before he poofs. So if you haven't seen this trailer already, check it out. It looks amazing. Uh, the next big trailer that came out after I recorded the episode, which is why I'm doing this, was Mary Poppins Returns has a full trailer, and it looks really good. Really good. Like, Disney has hit it out of the park again with this one, and there's no one I would rather have seen besides Emily Blunt in this. I, I'm Besides going back in time... And getting a young Julie Andrews, there's no one else I think could have done this. So in this, we saw Colin Firth, we saw Meryl Streep, we saw Emily Mortimer, we saw Dick Van Dyke, Ben Wishaw, Angela... Well, we didn't see Angela Lansbury in the trailer, but we know she's in it. Julie Walters, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, this movie is going to be really good. Uh, it's coming out this year, mid-December, December 19th, so I highly suggest if you do not own Mary Poppins, get yourself a copy. You know what? Maybe your local library has one. It's an old enough movie that even smaller town libraries should have it and catch up. And of course, you've seen Mary Poppins, but watch it again. Watch again before this and go see this movie. It looks like they recapture the magic. It doesn't look like they try way too hard or anything it does it feels authentic is is what i'm trying to say emily blunt is one of the best actresses of our time and i think it's just a matter of time until she gets that one role that will get her an oscar because she's won a golden globe she's had 16 other smaller awards but and she's been nominated a lot but i'm just waiting for that next big role but of course right now it looks like she's just having fun her next role after mary poppins returns is jungle cruise which of course is another movie based on a disney ride and there's been no uh, on uh, julie andrews imdb page it says nothing about mary poppins returns but 
I, I hope she at least makes a cameo. And I hope this is just Disney keeping it very, very secret. And finally, the last trailer I want to talk about, it, it isn't huge, but I thought it looked really, really good. And this is coming out next year in January, and it's called Stan and Ollie. This is a, a biography, comedy, drama based on Laurel and Hardy. And this actually focuses on their final tour. So they were huge in movies, they were huge in theater, they were huge everywhere, then kind of times changed, people forgot about them, and then so they go on one more tour, which they hope is going to reignite their career, but it seems like that Oliver Hardy becomes sick, so it's going to be their final tour. It looks like it's going to be full of emotions, full of the feels, and John C. Riley and Steve Coogan were the perfect choices. John C. Riley, Steve Coogan, great actors and I don't think there's anyone better that could have played Laurel and Hardy I really don't I'm really impressed with the trailer I really urge you to watch it it looks really good and I think this is going to be an amazing movie I hope that both of them get recognition for this because it because they deserve it so that is it for this little interruption I'm going to do about new trailers and as always if I missed anything let me know hit me up going hey billiam you missed this you fool why don't you do your job better i'll go hey don't be so hurtful buddy i'll talk about it and then i'll cry because someone was mean to me no that's a lie i i don't cry much um but let's get on with the show and with that ladies and gentlemen that is it for the trailer trove let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at somewhat nerdy radio stay tuned Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, we are back. We are back with the limited releases, so let's just jump right into it. First off, we have My Son. The disappearance of his child sends a man on a dark path to find the truth. This is a movie from Belgium, and it, I mean, it looks okay. There's not enough about this movie that made me go, yes, I want to see this. I want to put effort into seeing this. And sometimes it's not fair that foreign movies to me at least, have to do more to make it as a recommended movie because we don't get a lot of foreign movies. Well, of course, thanks to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, we get more than we used to, but still the focus on those services is American movies. That is, if you're in America. For all of my listeners outside of the country, I don't know what you get. Hell, maybe tell me what you get. Uh, Wherever you're from is... Still American content, the number one thing you get, or does your country have something else? I would love to hear from someone outside of America. Just let me know what's up. But this movie, it looks okay. It it looks like the type of movie that, had it been made in America, would have starred someone like Liam Neeson. And it, it looks like a standard revenge movie, but it doesn't look good enough to warrant a watch. Next up this week, we have a film called Napoli Ever After. Violet Jones breaks up with her longtime boyfriend after she finds out he's not going to propose. Her life then spirals out of control until, in a fit of emotion, she shaves her head. Her hair had been a huge part of her identity, but with a bald head, she's forced to focus on herself. This stars Sanaa Lathan from Love and Basketball, Ricky Whittle from American Gods, and Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. And this movie bothers me for a, a couple reasons, so let me... I really should have put this in the wide release section just so I can bitch about it a bit more, but you know what? I'll bitch about it anyway. I I have a problem with terms that only certain people can use. I think especially in today's world, we don't need more that separates us. And if you remember, back in 1998, there was this teacher in Brooklyn or the Bronx or some place in New York who got her life threatened because she read the book Nappy Hair to her children, her school children to be exact, not her own children, and she was doing so to bring racial diversity into the classroom. But the parents, or the black parents in the area, really 
were really offended and her life was threatened and she was removed from the school for this. And while this was an isolated incident, a lot of people spoke out on both sides saying, well, she was trying to do something good and all these people reacted really poorly and other people going, well, she's white. She should never do this. And that's what bothers me about things like that. Like, why have words not everyone can say? I, I can't go up to, to a person of color and describe their hair as nappy while people of color can use that to each other. So now we have this movie coming out that technically a majority of people in America can't even say that name. And what also bothers me about this movie is that this movie, and it's based off a book, both of these had the opportunity to tell a story of a woman of color owning her hair, owning part of her heritage, owning something that for years, for decades, she had been taught to be embarrassed of. And you would think that's what the movie would be about, of her owning it, just letting her hair go, you know, poof, and not straightening it anymore, and going, yes, this is my hair, I own it, I am beautiful. But instead, she shaves her head, so proving that, yes, she is ashamed of it. I know that in the context of the movie, it's supposed to be that I don't care anymore, uh, I'm me without my, with or without my hair, but they could have sent such a better message. And also, this movie feels just like some Tyler Perry one-off movie. Like, I was really surprised Medea just didn't suddenly show up somewhere. I can't talk about the book because I never read it. And even though I haven't seen the movie, I've seen the trailer. And at least how this movie is selling itself, it, it had opportunity to do so much more. And so this is with me ignoring the fact that I have a problem with part of the title. So this movie that could have been very empowering... This movie that could have stood out and said, yes, look at this. Black women, don't be ashamed if you still are. Own it. And I think it 100% sends the wrong message. If there's anything, anything at all Hollywood has taught me, it's that hair is a big deal for women of color, for black women. This first was brought to my attention back in 2006 when the Simon Baker and, interestingly enough, Sana Lathan movie, Something New, came out. And I remember because I was at work at the time. I worked with my family and they had the TV on watching Oprah. And Oprah was in being was interviewing them about this movie. And there's a scene where Simon Baker's in bed with her and he's like playing with her hair. And he says something about like a wig. He calls the weave a wig or something. She gets really offended. And then the camera goes back to Oprah and she's like, uh uh, you did you don't say that, you know, to a black woman. So movies have been setting this up for a while, at least for me, movies that I see with primarily black casts. And then we fast forward to this movie, same actress, that just that that just happens to be the case. I don't blame her for anything. But we go into this movie where someone should be owning this, owning her hair. Her hair is part of the title of the film. And then they they really screw the pooch on it. But you know what? If you are a person of color, if you are black or African-American, whichever you prefer, whichever saying you prefer, if you are a person of color, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about this. Do you agree with me or am I missing some sort of point? Is it not that big of a deal that she shaves her head? Or do you also think that she should have owned it and been proud of her hair? So, you know, tell me what you think. I talked about that more than I wanted to, but let's move on to the next limited release. It's Fahrenheit 11.9. Michael Moore's new film is a provocative and comedic look at the times in which we live. It will explore the two most important questions of the Trump era. How the f*** did we get here? And how the f*** do we get out? Yes, um, as you all know, I try to keep my political beliefs private on this show because I talk about movies. There's no reason for me to talk about politics. But I feel safe in saying this. Michael Moore is a gigantic piece of sh**. He is human garbage. He has been caught lying before. In fact, during Fahrenheit 9-11, during that movie, he lied a lot, was called out on it, and nothing happened. So this gaseous windbag does nothing but hurt his side and makes the, the liberal crowd, who you would think would be flocking to see this movie, make them just look like maniacs. I don't know how this asshole won any awards. He is a piece of shit. 
this movie should be skipped. If you do not like President Trump, there are other movies, other better movies to watch. Skip this 100%. Next up is a film called Assassination Nation. Don't we love alliteration? A quiet town is turned upside down when a mysterious hacker starts making everyone's private lives very public and the town goes crazy. The stars Odessa Young from High Life, Suki Waterhouse from Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, Bill Skarsgård from It, Joe McHale from Community, and Bella Thorne from Midnight Sun. And yet another film about how people go crazy in the modern world when hackers get a hold of all their private stuff, but instead of reacting normally, this little town starts murdering each other, goes all purge on themselves. So, um, yeah, if you want to watch something that looks really weird and purposefully very violent. Okay, obviously violent movies are pretty good on purpose, but this movie looks like it's trying way too hard to be some edgy action comedy, and it, it doesn't seem like it works at all. Well, that is it for the limited release movies. Let us jump into the wide releases and interesting indies, which actually is a longer section this week. So uh, we may have a long episode. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But before we get into that section, let's hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back. We're back. We have two documentaries in the wide releases and interesting indie section. Two documentaries. That's right. Let's let's go on with the first one, which is called Love Gilda. In her own words, comedian Gilda Radner looks back and reflects on her life and career, weaving together recently discovered audio tapes, interviews with her friends, rare home movies, and diaries read by modern-day comedians. Love Gilda offers a unique window into the honest and whimsical world of a beloved performer whose greatest role was sharing her story. This features interviews with Amy Poehler, Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph, Martin Short, Bill Hader, Chevy Chase, Lauren Michaels, and Paul Schaefer. And if you're my age or older, you may be, you may be familiar with Gilda Radner. I didn't live through her time on Saturday Night Live, but I saw it a lot when Saturday Night Live would be rerun on Comedy Central all the time. And then would when NBC would, would have reruns and the NBC would have all these, oh, the best of John Belushi, the best of Dana Carvey, the best of all these things. And then they would show older clips. And Gilda Radner was fantastic. And this looks like a really good documentary that will show people a side of her that I never knew. Like, I never knew that she had cancer, and I never knew that's what took her from us. I never knew she was married to Gene Wilder. I did not know that. So if you if you remember Gilda Radner, if you remember those old Saturday Night Lives, then maybe check this out. It looks really good. Love Gilda gets an 8 out of 11. And next up, we have the final documentary of the episode. And this one also looks really good. It's called Tea with the Dames. Dames Eileen Atkins, Joan Plotwright, Judy Dench, and Maggie Smith sit around a table drinking tea and champagne and discuss the friendship and careers that go back more than half a century. And yeah, that's it. These four women, two of which I'm really familiar with, Judy Dench and Maggie Smith, of course. The other two I'm not very familiar with, but the, uh, the trailer makes them look really cool. And they just sit around and talk about their lives. It seems awesome. And of course, Judy Dench is going to talk about is going to talk about the Bond movies. Of course, Maggie Smith is going to talk about Harry Potter. So we have two badass old ladies and two other old ladies who look equally cool just sitting around talking and drinking tea and then eventually switching to something a little harder. It looks really good. Tea with the Dames also gets an 8 out of 11. Next up this week, we have a film called Colette. Colette is pushed by her husband to write novels under his name. Upon their success... Bigger than any he's ever written, she fights to make her talents known, challenging what society thinks women can do. This stars Kira Knightley from Atonement, 
and Dominic West from The Wire. So for this movie, ladies and gentlemen, just picture the movie Big Eyes, that movie from 2014 starring Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz about um, Margaret Keene. And let's take it back to like the year 1900 and make it about writing and then add just a little a, a little lesbian love story in there and you have you have Colette. And I'm happy to announce that this isn't some lesbian love story that's just made up to make this an edgy movie. This this was really suspected. And I've never heard of this person before, but apparently she's a big deal when it comes to women in literature and was a very early voice for women in writing. So in this movie, we have Kira Knightley, who's a fantastic actress, telling us a story of someone that I never knew existed, but it seems like has a very interesting story. This looks like a well-acted and enjoyable movie that I think should go on your to-be-watched list, but not something that you should urgently try and see. This looks good. It looks memorable, but not, but not great. Colette gets a 7 out of 11. We have four movies left this episode. Four movies left. And the next one is a film called Life Itself. A young New York couple goes from a college romance to marriage to the birth of their first child. This is the unexpected journey their lives take and the reverberations that echo over continents and through lifetimes. Ah, oh, gag me with a spoon. That, that's the IMDb synopsis there. This stars Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina, Olivia Wilde from Tron Legacy, Annette Bening from American Beauty, Mandy Patinkin from Wonder, Olivia Cook from Me, Earl and the Dying Girl, and Antonio Banderas from Desperado. And this looks okay. It looks it looks okay, but it looks like something we've seen before a million times. It looks like any number of slice-of-life romance movies that you missed in theaters, but when do you stumble upon it on Amazon or you see it in a streaming service and you go, okay, why not? Why not give this a watch? And you watch it and you're like, okay, that was okay. And then you immediately forget it again. I use this example a lot when I say this seems like the movie that these actors and actresses did in between their new bigger roles. Something that would be quick to film would make a, just a nice little profit and then get them back to being free for their next, you know, the next trilogy movie they're going to do, the next Marvel movie they're going to do or whatever, whatever it is that they have planned next. As far as Oscar Isaac goes, the new Star Wars movie. But this looks sweet. It really does. It looks like we get a very cute love story between Oscar Isaac and Olivia Wilde. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, it just doesn't offer anything that stands out to me saying we need to watch this movie. Telling me to tell you, hey, check this out. No, you should maybe just put it in the back burner. Put it somewhere in the back of your mind. So when you see it one day on a streaming service, you can go, okay, I'll put this movie in my queue. I'll add it to my list. And then one day when I have free time, I will sit down and watch it. And you know what? I will enjoy it because it's a cute film. Who doesn't love cute films? Everyone loves cute films. And you'll watch it and you go, yes, that that was, it was indeed very cute. It was good. I laughed. I cried. What have you? And you moved on with your life. Or should I say you moved on with life itself? Life itself gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, folks, two movies and then the pick of the week. So let's just get on with it. The next film is called The Sisters Brothers. A gold prospector is being chased by an infamous duo of assassins named The Sisters Brothers. This stars John C. Riley from Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, Joaquin Phoenix from Walk the Line, Jake Gyllenhaal from Brokeback Mountain, Riz Ahmed from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Rucker Hauer from Hobo with a Shotgun, and Carol Kane from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And I just think it's funny that this movie stars John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix because Joaquin Phoenix was in Walk the Line and then John C. Riley was in the spoof of that movie, Walk Hard. And I thought it was a very good spoof. I liked that movie a lot, but I may be one of the few who did. You know what? This movie looks good. It does. I like, I really like Westerns. I have a thing for them. And, um, oh, who else does? Dan? Dan from Watch Your Mouth? I'm pretty sure. I'd put this on his list. And if you like Westerns enough, then this is the movie you try and see. This is a very good choice to see because it looks entertaining. Looks like it has the right amount of action and comedy in it without being a full-on action flick or a full-on comedy. Looks like it walks the line very well. This is not a serious Western, but it's also not a spoof, which I like 
I, I really like that, 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 oh God, I'm going to say it again, that line they walk. This could be what you see because the next two movies, one of them is a limited release that you may not see. The net, then the pick of the week, the one that I think looks the most interesting is based off a kid's book. So maybe that's not up your alley. So maybe this is the movie you see this week if you see one. Because what's not to like about this? We have a full cast of very reliable actors. John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's all you need in a movie. Riz Ahmed, Rucker Howard, Carol Kane. That's, that, that's just the sprinkles on top. That's just extra. And the fact that this is a genre flick, that this is a Western, could also be what tells you, no, I do not want to see this because maybe you hate Westerns. And if you do, then I feel sorry for you because there are a plethora of amazing Westerns out there. But you know what? To each their own. So if you don't, this is an easy skip for you. And like I already mentioned, the top three movies this week are all very specific type of movies. They're, they're very different genres. And I think that would just help you pick one movie if you have to. The Sisters Brothers looks like it, it tries hard enough to be a Western that it's believable, but not so hard that it, it gets too authentic. And if, okay, let's, let me try to explain what I'm saying here. Let's compare movies like A Million Ways to Die in the West, uh, the new, the newer Lone Ranger, you know, from 2013, Ridiculous Six, Maverick, Wild Wild West, Shanghai Noon, movies like that with open range, with true grit, with Unforgiven, with any of those Clint Eastwood, classic Clint Eastwood man with no name movies. And how both of those sets of movies are Westerns, but they both feel totally different and i think the sister brothers sits somewhere in between like i mentioned walking the line do you see a theme here i didn't plan on this theme it just came it just came to me so yes interesting story good acting and a solid western i think that's a selling point for this movie the sisters brothers gets an 8.5 out of 11 two movies left folks and the next movie that's not the pick of the week is a film called i think we're alone now the apocalypse proves a blessing in disguise for one lucky recluse until a second survivor arrives with the threat of companionship. This stars Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones and Elle Fanning from Super 8. There are other actors in it like Paul Giamatti from Cinderella Man, but I assume they're going to be in, in flashbacks, seeing as everyone else is dead. So you may remember this movie. I've mentioned this film in the trailer trove before and how I thought it was really interesting and how I also thought that the trailer was really hinting that Ellie Fan or Elle Fanning had something to do with the apocalypse. And if not, the apocalypse has some dark secret she really doesn't want Peter Dinklage to know. So we have this indie post-apocalyptic dark comedy. And that is a very, very interesting grouping of genres. Because yes, I will count indie as a genre as long as indie directors and writers purposely try to make their movies feel different. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, here's something. Watch the trailers for movies like Usual Suspects, Easy Rider, Reservoir Dogs, or The Terminator, because yes, Terminator was an indie film. And then watch the ones for movies like We Are the or We the Animals, Ladybird, Heartbeats Loud, Eighth Grade. And you'll notice that there's this style difference between the first group and the second group. And the second group are movies that whenever I say indie, that I make a point of saying it when I pointed out in the show that's what I mean that feeling that that style is what I'm talking about so I think we're alone now is kind of one of those movies but remember folks for me indie isn't always a four letter word and in this case I'm bringing it up to prepare you for a few things to have this movie be hard to find unless you live in a bigger city which will then probably have an indie theater or someplace that plays limited release movies. And also to expect some of the stylistic choices that the second group of movies I gave you, that they they do. This doesn't look like a bad movie at all. I think this looks good. But unfortunately for it, it's going to suffer from the fact that who the hell knows about it besides you guys because you listen to me or people who really pay attention to the movie scene. And that's the downside of some of these movies because they don't have big budgets to use on advertising. So this movie probably won't get a wide release unless it's some amazing, mind-blowing movie like Lady Bird or Moonlight or was La La Land India? I don't know. But anyway, 
it won't make a wide release unless it really turns some heads. And this movie looks good, but it doesn't look that good. This looks enjoyable. It looks like a very interesting idea that I really want to watch just to see what Elle Fanning, what the story with her is. And any movie that can give me more Peter Dinklage is a good movie. Especially because he's a bigger star now. He really is. And he's even taking roles and getting roles now where being short isn't part of it, isn't a key part of the role. Look at his role in Elf. I liked him in Elf, but being being a midget in that, or a dwarf, I'm sorry, I forget the, I forget the proper term for his thing, because they're, they're two different things, and I forgot what the criteria is. But that was part of the movie, and it doesn't look like it's part of the movie for this. I Think We're Alone Now gets a 7.5 out of 11. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the pick of the week. So if you've been paying attention and you know what movie's left, then say it with me. The pick of the week is The House with a Clock in Its Walls. A young orphan named Louis Barnevelt aids his magical uncle in locating a clock with the power to bring about the end of the world. A clock that just so happens to be located somewhere in the walls of their house. This stars Jack Black from Nacho Libre, Kate Blanchett from Elizabeth, and Owen Vaccaro from Daddy's Home. Y'all know me, I'm a sucker for sci-fi movies and fantasy movies, and this is a fantasy movie. This is also based on a series of kids' books, which is also my jam, because they're fun. I mean, as an adult, it's really easy to write off kids' books, so I know that's just for children. I am an adult. I will read Jane Eyre. I will read Sherlock Holmes. I will read William Shakespeare. But what's wrong with a kids' book? Nothing. And this is why they seem fun. Not that an adult book can't be fun, but this one looks really interesting, and it has magic, and it has Jack Black and Kate Blanchett, and you really don't need anything else in a movie. Those two and magic. Or even change the setting. Those two and sci-fi sh That's it. Movie done. Give them the money. Kate Blanchett is fantastic in everything she does. And Jack Black knows the type of movies he can do very well. And that's why we're used to certain types of characters from him. Sometimes he'll branch out and do well on that, but he, sticks to, he tends to stick to certain types of characters, and that's because he does them the best. So what we have here is a very entertaining-looking, magical movie with two really good actors in it. And, you know, Owen Vaccaro, I don't know much about him, but he looks it looks like he does a great job. This movie looks fun, and best of all, it's family fun. So if you have a family, I'm looking at you, Snarf Chris, this is the movie for you. And if you don't have a family, this is the movie for you. It looks enjoyable. And it has some flashy stuff to it that a big theater screen would just make, make a whole lot better. If you don't want to see this on the big screen, if you want to wait for it on DVD, if you want to wait for it on streaming, then I think it'll look just as good. I think it will be fine on your TV, but I think that if you do see a movie this week, this is the one that is most worth it, most worth the effort and money to see it on that silver screen. This is actually a six book series with the author John Belaris writing the first one, two, three. Oh, four. It looks like the, the fourth one was published after he died, but he wrote that too. And then five and six was with some author named Brad Strickland. But hopefully... Hopefully there's no huge cliffhanger. So if this doesn't get picked up for more movies, if this just stays a one-off, it will be interesting and it will be enjoyable and will feel complete. So folks, at the very least, we have a one-off movie that looks like it'll be fun and entertaining. But in the best case scenario, we'll have the first of a series of movies. And I doubt that's going to happen. But we will see... We will see if this becomes a Harry Potter where they'll do all the movies or it will be a Percy Jackson where they only do two and then call it a night. The House with a Clock in Its Walls gets a 9 out of 11. And with that, my dear friends, it is time for the question of the week. But actually, before we get into that, let us hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. 
wall-to-wall filthy fucking language go to a grocery store i'm like i know exactly what i need i get in there i'm like yeah (laughs) did i even come here for with our charity swear jar every up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction the motherfucker's a mouth breather gaming movies life musings it's all here served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of shut the up how the did we get here all that jelly bean so if you want to hear us do good things with bad words check out the watch your mouth podcast on itunes SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMPodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. If you do not remember, the question of the week for last week was, who would you like to see face off in a movie? And remember, this is supposed to be in the style of like Aliens versus Predator, but it could be anyone. Just a movie that won't necessarily be canon in their own universes, but you just get to see two characters or groups of characters face off. So let's start with the answer we got from Brian Q. Brian Q said Conan versus Tim Curry's Darkness character. That, of course, is from the 1985 Tom Cruise movie Legend, which I never knew was directed by Ridley Scott. So there we go. There's some news. He also says Tarzan versus King Kong. And that, you know, that that has an equal chance of being really good and just a one-sided victory. If you remember, tell me, Brian, do you remember Bambi versus Godzilla? Do you remember that short? So Tarzan versus King Kong could either be badass or it could be another version of Bambi versus Godzilla. So good answers. As always, thank you very much for answering. Anne answered, so let's go to her answer next. She had said the Guardians of the Galaxy versus the Firefly crew, which is a, is a, is a really good answer, especially if you let River be River and just unshackle her and let her be a badass, and then she could possibly take on all the others while all the fleshy humans from the Firefly crew hide and use their guns. I, I think that could be a really good a really good movie. She also says Michael Myers versus the guy from Texas Chainsaw, so Leatherface, and I would pay to see that. If that came out as a movie, I would see it. And actually updated her answer. She says Michael Myers versus Arkin. Arkin is from the Collector series. And it's time for my answer. This this one was hard for me because I started going too deep into all the characters I love from books too and I was like Oh, we could have Dresden from Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files team up with Sam and Dean Winchester and like like who can solve the case first, Dresden or them. And then like Anne said, they'd eventually end up working together because uh, because Dean and Dresden would have this like penis length contest and like who could do it first. But they end up being friends and it that would actually be really cool. I would love to see that. And Anne brought up something really cool um, for me that would that would be awesome as have the the galaxy quest crew for the nte protector have all of them maybe versus the enterprise uh, that, uh, that might be one-sided but the first enterprise all right and just had the best idea ever so sam and dean ver- with the 21 jump street guys so sam and dean have to work a case and the cops on the case are the cops from 21 jump street that would be fantastic the guys from jump street somehow do drugs again and so sam and dean think they're possessed and try to and try to do an exorcism on them, but it's not working because they're not possessed. It's just drugs. Oh, oh, that'd be amazing. But uh, an idea I had that would be pretty cool is later next year, the Artemis Fowl series is getting a movie. And Artemis Fowl is a regular human, but he really studies up on magic and creatures and stuff. So he knows all the ways around them. So it'd be very interesting to have him and Harry Potter go at it just to see if like this genius... Artemis Fowl and see how much he can defend himself against Harry Potter. All right, I better stop before I go too far down the rabbit hole because then I start thinking of anime and then all the awesome battles they could have. No, 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 no. Let's not jump into that. No, no, no. There's a lot you can do with this. I may, I may even bring this question up a couple more times just to see what else we can think of. That'd be great. But let's move on to this week's or the question of the week for next week, technically. So this week I talked about that movie Napoli Ever After, and in while I was talking about that, I mentioned how I learned what a big deal hair was culturally for black women, how I learned that through movies. So what do you wish a movie could teach people about? So a movie's coming out, and it's going to be big, lots of people are going to see it. What lesson or what little tidbit of information do you wish could be in there? This could be something cultural. 
It could be something racial, it could be something um, happening to do with religion, with sexual orientation, whatever. Maybe you're really into making the perfect omelet. So maybe you want a movie coming out where they teach you to make the perfect omelet. I don't care. Whatever it is that you want more people to know. So let's rephrase that. What lesson or subject would you like a movie to shine a light on? All right, well, that is it for the episode. Let us wrap this up with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. If you've already done it, then thank you very much, and I'm sorry I repeat this every week, but if you haven't, I would love five stars and it would help the show grow and then share the show. Tell your friends going, hey, you friend who likes movies, check out this podcast. This guy knows what he's doing. And then leave me a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on or just say, hey, what's up? How do you reach me? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on Somewhat Nerdy on the website, that is, or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, great friends of the show. Please check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, My future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.